Hi, and welcome to the Really Telling It Like It Is program. And I'm Apostle Baker J. Baker, who is a doctor in psychology. I, we're here to provoke you to think about how you think about the Word of God, about how you look at it and how you put it into action. And last week, I happened to mention about the Love and Unity Zooms. This is for the Ascension gifts, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Uh, you can get to those by love-unity.org, and you will see a list of those. You will also see a list of all the broadcasters and what it is and their times, and you'll be able to find Apostle Michael Fram and all the other uh, uh, senior counsel and different people that are on the broadcast and uh, how to, if you're an Ascension gift, if uh, you're a kingdom person, how you would be able to do what it is that you do on there also. So with all of that said, uh, I want to get right into uh, bringing forth Apostle Michael so that he can have as much time as possible to go through this, uh, talking about the difference between prophecy and prophets. So come on, Apostle Michael, and do what you do. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Baker, for having me on again. It's a privilege, a joy, and an honor to be with you. As uh, we went off the air last week, we were noticing some of the comments that had come in in the chat. And just so that you don't think that we don't read those, we actually do. We welcome your comments. We welcome your feedback, which is why Dr. Baker addressed the question about what Zoom. And somebody also had asked a question and they said, can you ask for a prophecy for someone? Now, I'm not sure of what context that question was being asked in, but the truth of the matter is, that we've had many people that are trying to do prophecy on demand apart from the unction and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I've seen a lot of prophelying as opposed to prophesying. Because if it's lacking the inspiration of the Spirit, you end up prophesying out of the soulish realm. And I've seen people say, well, what color do you see? I see blue. Well, blue means this. And then they're going to, you know, give you a word about something related to blue. You know, one of these quote unquote prophetic activations or think of an animal and you think of an animal and then you try to come up with what that animal, how it relates to the dear Lord Jesus. If we could just forget about some of this nonsense and if you're inspired to speak, speak. If not, as my Italian-American friends would say, shut up of your face because nobody wants to hear you. So, I mean, you can ask, but, you know, if the Spirit of God is not inspiring you to speak, I would, I would say please don't speak because more harm has been done by quote-unquote supposed prophetic words that have really led people astray. And I think that's part of the thing why we're teaching about prophecy and prophets, because this whole idea, well, if you're a prophet, you always have a word for everybody. That's just not true. 
And there have been many times, you have a word for me, you have a word for me, you have a word for me. And I'm like, yeah, I got a whole book of them for you right here. I got a whole book of words for you. Go and read them and take them as a word from God to you. And so, um, you know, I, I think a lot has been been done as far as damage regarding these things. So we're trying to bring some balance and correction. But let me pick up where we left off. We were in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and we were talking about how in verse 29, where it says, and let two or three prophets speak and let the others pass judgment. And we were emphasizing that prophets need to be willing to have their words judged. We emphasize that the spirits of the prophets were subject to the prophets, that sometimes you have to hold them and you wait for things to be done decently and in order. We were began to look at how you can all prophesy one by one and that two or three prophets speak being the same thought where God gave some apostles and some prophets and you can all prophesy, but only some that prophesy are prophets. Now we began to speak about this and saying that really 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 should be taken as a complete text of scripture. And to get the full import of the context of these three chapters, the whole context is talking about people. 12, 13, and 14 is talking about people and how people are to function. I mean, it, it starts in you know, chapter 12, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man or given to everyone, depending on the translation, to profit with all or so that everybody profits. It's, it's always about people all through this context. And so he's saying here, let two or three Prophets speak and let the others, meaning the other prophets, pass judgment. Notice there is no limit on the amount of prophetic words. And I've heard people actually teach, well, see, this means you can only have two or three prophetic words. That's not what it says. It, that, 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 can you read? Can you read? Do you have the ability to read? As my mama would say, when you read the Bible, do you read the Bible or do you read the Bible? Because it says two or three prophets speak, but then you can all prophesy. So where do you get this idea that there's only two or three prophetic words? It's simply not in scripture. There's no limit to the prophetic words. What the limit is, the limit is to the number of prophets that are speaking. Now, you can all prophesy, but only two or three prophets can speak. And I'm going to dig deeper into that in just a minute. But let me prove to you from the context my hypothesis, picking up a word that I used last week. Because I said some people are postulating a hypothesis that Scripture does not back up. Well, I don't postulate a hypothesis that I cannot prove. So if we back up into verse 27 of the same context of 1 Corinthians 14, it says, if anyone 
speaks in a tongue, and some translations put in an unknown tongue. And I don't know that that's really such a great translation because the Bible says that we speak with the tongues of men and the tongues of angels. And there are natural language and there are heavenly languages. And I'll be honest with you, I do not know how to speak Czechoslovakian. I do not. But God could inspire me to speak in Czechoslovakian. And that would be a known tongue. It would be unknown to me, but it would be known to somebody from Czechoslovakia. But so he says, if anyone speaks in a tongue or unknown tongue, if it's that translation, it should be by two or at the most three and each in turn and let one interpret. Now, that doesn't mean that every time that you have tongues and interpretation in a service that there's only one interpreter. What it means is that every word that's given in tongues needs to have an interpreter. Now, there is a mic rule for this that is not within 1 Corinthians chapter 14. This is a mic rule. It's not a Bible rule. But I think if we had this rule in place, it would eliminate half of the confusion. The mic rule is this. If you can't give the interpretation, don't give the message. Because I've seen more people get caught up in their prayer language, and then the holy hush falls. And when the holy hush falls, they keep going in their prayer language. And they are exuberant in their prayer language, and they're worshiping God, and they're just going on and on in their prayer language. And now, because it was in the time of the holy hush, everybody is quiet. And now everybody thinks it's a public message and they're waiting for the interpretation. And there is none because it wasn't a message from God. They were just caught up in their prayer language. But see, we need teaching on that too because most people don't know the difference between private tongues and public tongues. They don't know the difference between your prayer language and a public message in tongues. But that's another teaching for another day that we don't have time to get into today. But what I want you to notice here in verse 27, it says, if anyone speaks in a tongue, it should be by two or at the most three and each in turn or each in order. Notice that it says two or three people. Again, there is no limit to the amount of messages because the context of 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 is people, not actions. It's people. And so you see in verse 27, the same thought as you see in verse 29. Let two or three speak in a tongue. No limit to the amount of, you could have a hundred messages in tongues and interpretation, but only two or three people are going to exercise the public gift of tongues, the same as in verse 29, that only two or three prophets are going to speak. Now, here's what I want you to begin to see something. Remember I said, that when I first began to read this chapter for many, many years, it confused me. 
because I thought Paul was doing double speak because he said two or three prophets speak in verse 29. And then in verse 31, he says, you can all prophesy. And I would say to myself, okay, Paul, which is it? Is it two or three or is it all? Because clearly there's a difference between two or three and all. And then it dawned on me that Paul was drawing a contrast and a difference, making a distinction between the manifestation gift of prophecy and the ministry gift of a prophet. Say, well, how do you know that? Because of the verse that is sandwiched in between verses 29 and 30, or excuse me, 29 and 31. In verse 31, you can all prophesy. Now, if we go through the context of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and you get to verse 3, it says that the one who prophesies speaks unto men for edification, exhortation, and comfort. Some modern translations like New American Standard say edification, exhortation, and consolation. Same a thing, same a thing, same a thing. That's what prophecy does. But I want you to notice, according to this context, what Paul says happens when a prophet speaks. Verse 29, let two or three prophets speak and let the other prophets pass judgment. Verse 30, still talking about prophets. But if a revelation, remember prophecy, edification, exhortation, comfort. But in reference to prophets, he says, if a revelation, that's not edification, that's not exhortation, that's not comfort. Now it's talking about speaking by revelation. If a revelation is made to another, another who? Who's he talking about right now in the context? He's talking about prophets. So that means prophets don't just speak by inspiration. Prophets also speak by revelation. Now, we know that the revelation gifts of the spirit that we find in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 are the word of knowledge, the word of wisdom, and the discerning of spirits. Brother Hagen, when he had the Lord Jesus appear to him and teach him about the prophet's office, the Lord Jesus said to him that a prophet is either a teacher or a preacher or both first before they're a prophet. Now, that would eliminate probably half of the quote-unquote social media Facebook prophets because they can't teach and they can't preach. Also remember that Ephesians says that a prophet is a foundation to the church along with the apostle and that they are equipping gifts. Well, if you can't teach and you can't preach, how are you going to equip? Because equipping comes by teaching and preaching. Prophecy is edification, exhortation, comfort. It is not equipping. 
So equipping and edifying are two different things. Exhorting and equipping are two different things. Comforting and equipping are two different things. And so we begin to see this, this separation, this delineation between somebody that's prophesying and somebody that's a prophet. You know, the word of knowledge is a supernatural revelation by the Spirit of God of a fact or facts in the mind of God about the present or the past that the person who is receiving it has no way of knowing within the natural. And then, you know, I hear people say, well, I got the gift of knowledge. No, you don't. There is no such gift of knowledge in the Bible. Well, I got the gift of knowledge. Well, you're a blooming idiot. Because the Bible's, I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? Bad apostle. That's really telling it like it is. <laughs> it's called the word of knowledge. There's no gift of knowledge. It is a word, a segment, a piece of God's infinite omniscience is released and revealed by the Spirit of God. The word of wisdom is similar to the word of knowledge, except that it deals with the future, that which is yet unborn of the purpose and the plan of God. Many times, old covenant prophecy was really people speaking by revelation, by the gift of the word of wisdom. There were many things that were prophesied about the coming of the Messiah. And because they were delivered by prophets, people have thought, well, then prophecy is predicting the future. No, prophecy is edification, exhortation, and comfort, but prophets will speak by revelation. And they will speak of the present, the past, and the future as they speak by revelation by the Holy Spirit. And here's what happens. Let me just frame this for you in everyday plain language in English. There may be many times where the Spirit of God begins to deal with you about something in your own heart. And you are so pure in your motives. And you don't want to miss God. You don't want to get ahead of God. You don't want to jump too soon. And so you, you play the vacillation game. And if you don't fess up and say, yes, I have done this, I'm going to give an altar call for liars right now. Because anybody that really loves God has done this. And they say, Lord, is this you or is this me? We've all done it. And, and when you don't know the voice of God yet, you don't know the ways of the spirit yet, you vacillate and your motives are pure. You, you don't want to run off half cocked and say, God said, and you're not sure. And so while you're moving at the speed of the tortoise, God will send a man of God or a woman of God across your path. And they will speak to you and say, this is where you're at. This is where you've been. And this is where God wants you to go. What they're doing is they're speaking not just by inspiration, 
but they're speaking by revelation. And they're speaking by the revelation gifts of the Spirit, by the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom into your life. Because God has already been dealing with you, but you've been vacillating. And it comes as a confirmation to you. Maybe you've seen the picture, but you've seen it very small. And there comes a time that God is like, you need to expand your tent pegs and you need to think bigger. You're thinking too small. My thinking for you in this area is much larger than, than what you think it is. And, and Dr. Baker, I'm speaking to you right now by the spirit of God that you need to expand your thinking regarding kingdom finance. Because it's bigger than you even think it is. And God has already predetermined the course that you were to walk when it comes to this. And you've had glimpses and pieces of it through the years. But you still don't see the totality of it. And God is saying unto you to think bigger than what you have been thinking regarding it. Because it's even bigger and it will actually blow your mind the revelation that will be released out of your mouth and that you will be a catalyst to shift many in the kingdom to walk in a level of kingdom wealth that they haven't even thought was possible to walk in. And it's for the advancement of the kingdom. It's for the advancement of God's purposes in the earth and bringing the wealth into the kingdom to propagate the gospel of the kingdom. And he's called you forth, set you, and has ordained you as a catalyst in this season to function in that role. In fact, God says, it's been written in the book of your life and sealed in heaven from before you were born. And he's just been waiting for you to come to an intersection of time that is known as when Kairos and Kronos intersect. And you're in a season of Kairos and Kronos intersecting. Folks, what am I doing right now? I'm speaking by revelation. I'm speaking by the word of knowledge and by the word of wisdom into Dr. Baker's life. I did not plan to do this. I've got notes right here that I planned on talking about. But the Spirit of God wants to talk about something different. And you know what? When the Spirit of God wants to talk about something different, that's what we do with those notes, because they don't matter. But when there is a woman of destiny that God has a call on her life for this time in her season, he's saying, honey, it's bigger. It's bigger than what you have even thought. And folks, this is what prophets do. They speak by revelation. They speak by word of knowledge and by word of wisdom. Edification, exhortation, and comfort may come as revelation is released, but prophecy itself does not have revelation within it. Prophets speak by revelation. And so when you look at it like this, I, I put it to you this way, folks. You just got an object lesson. It wasn't planned, but you got an object lesson. The gift 
of the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom get released through the vehicle of the gift of prophecy. What you've got to understand is that many times the gifts of the spirit will piggyback one on another where they begin to flow and operate in tandem. And they operate as the spirit of God wills, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 11. They do not operate as we will. We cannot turn on the word of knowledge or the word of wisdom like a light switch. We can't do it. But when he begins to reveal and when inspiration and revelation join together in the spirit and the mouth of a prophet, then things begin to come forth that the prophet had no intention of saying, was not pre-planned, was not pre-thought. They move in the moment at inspiration and revelation coming together. And that inspiration and revelation, now it must be judged. I say, well, how do you judge that? I'm glad you asked. You judge that, number one, by does it line up with the word of God? So you take the things that I just spoke by the spirit of God. Does the Bible talk about things being written in the book about your life that are sealed? Check. Yes, it does. Now, did I plan on saying that to Dr. Baker today? Absolutely not. Was the furthest thing from my thought process. Then, does the Bible talk about expanding your vision? Does it talk about stretching out your tent pegs? Does it talk about... Check. So the prophetic word was aligning with Scripture. Test number two. What I said by the Spirit, and only Dr. Baker can answer this, did it bear witness with her spirit? Yes. Did it make her baby jump? Yes. Well, based on those two criteria, what I spoke by the Spirit of God was from God. And it wasn't pepperoni pizza. You just got an object lesson in prophets speaking by revelation and inspiration at the same time. Well, wait a minute. I thought you were an apostle. I am, but I functioned as a prophet for 16 years. And the truth of the matter is when God changes your primary function or calling, you do not lose what you had. He just adds to, and now you have more. And whatever you have ever functioned in, God can pull it back up and use it for his glory whenever it suits his purpose. And all we are is vessels within his hand. And Doc, I'm sorry, we just went cuckoo here. And we'll have to take this up again next week. <laughs> this was so, this is so right on. Even the scripture, even the scripture that you, you used, you didn't know it, but it's on my wall because it was spoken over 30 years ago, 30 years ago, and you just brought it forth. And when you started to speak it, it started to jump. Even before you went into that, when you mentioned that scripture, it started to jump. 
So you did exactly what it is that God wanted done because now is our time. Now is this time for the kingdom of God to manifest in this way. And that's why you're on the really telling it like it is program. And we are out of time. Be back next week to join us here on the really tell it like it is program with apostles uh, Baker J. Baker and Michael Fram. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye, everybody.